Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, April 27th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Puenick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as last night on TV 10 and on WRNR TV on YouTube. We had the Pooling for the Rams telethon. The website's still up, and if you heard last night, Travis Bajan, he said that it, he, he's after you can still go on there right now and uh, you know buy those packages, and then after the next couple of weeks, it's going to be given over to the Gridiron Club, and they're going to use it to uh, you know help out the football team throughout now. Yeah, so definitely uh, if you are a fan of Shepherd football and want to support Shepherd football, you know, go to that website and, and donate and you know every little bit helps so uh you certainly want to you know support the rams if you can and uh, i mean you saw what they've been able to do the last couple of years uh but certainly don't want to be complacent and like we said last night you know that money can go toward uh local athletes and uh, i think that's really the special thing about shepherd is that they've had so much success recruiting locally and we've seen that now with these uh, four guys that are going to have a shot to potentially be drafted or at least get a priority free agent signing uh, after this weekend's NFL draft. So, you know, a lot to be excited about at Shepard right now. And if you're a Shepard fan and you feel the need to donate or feel like you want to help out, uh, that then that's the way, the best way to do it. And if, especially if you want to see this team continue to be successful. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last night to see a lot of people packing into the Mountaineer Pub to come out and support the uh, four draft hopefuls as well as the Team 94 and the future of the uh, Shepherd Rams. I think everybody had themselves a uh, good time last night, and it was the last time we get to see those guys together. Yeah, I think it's safe to say we uh, saw one future member of the Shepherd Rams Team 94 in the building last night. Uh, Things aren't official yet. Uh, but uh, let's just say a Martinsburg football player that played uh, or was at one season at Bowling Green is most likely going to end up with the Rams next year. Yeah, that is the talk of the town after Braxton Todd has uh, entered his name into the transfer portal. A lot of people, especially there last night, are of the belief that uh, with the very – depleted i guess is a term that i could use a uh, running back room because of the uh, guys either graduating moving on or um no longer unfortunately being able to play football uh that running back room is low with the amount of guys that you want in that room so a guy like braxton todd would make sense to go to shepherd and fill a spot yeah i don't believe actually anybody graduated because Ronnie went pro early. That's true. And then Avion Holly, Avon Holly went uh, into the, the portal. transfer portal. And then, uh, of course, Hartman had his injury. So it was supposed to be a running back room that returned all four guys. And they probably would only recruit maybe one other player at that position. Uh, 
But instead, they only returned one guy, and then they've moved Malachi Brown. It looks like they're going to move him from receiver or running back. And then all signs are pointing toward Braxton Todd coming home and joining Shepard. So I think that would be obviously a really good get. Um, Division one quality talent. If he can stay healthy, Braxton Todd is a perfect fit for Shepard. He would take a lot of pressure off of whoever ends up being that quarterback with the ground game. And you can mix in all three of those guys because all three of them do have a lot of talent and can do different things. We saw what Russell was able to do in his limited touches last year for Shepard. But he's kind of a smaller back. Braxton's obviously a pretty big, strong kid. So uh, you would have him, you know, as you're probably your workhorse and your main running back, I would think. And Malachi could catch the ball out of the backfield, obviously having that receiver background and uh, do a lot of different things even when he gets carries. So, uh, and you could still use him in a receiver role as well, like Ronnie would sometimes line up in the slot. So, I think that gives you a lot of versatility in your backfield if Braxton Todd does decide to come and play at Shepard. It looks like that's going to be the case, and it makes a lot of sense. You come home to Martinsburg area or the Eastern Panhandle, um, you get to play with guys that you're familiar with that either you played with at Martinsburg or went to Martinsburg. Uh, There's a good bit of Martinsburg guys still on the team. Um, And you would have a great opportunity to start and play a lot of uh, significant playing time on a really good team that, um, you know, based on talking to everybody last night, I mean, obviously they're not going to say anything bad about the team, but they still feel like this this program is in a a great position. And I would tend to agree, like we've said multiple times on the show, the defense is looking like it's going to be one of the best defenses in recent history for Shepard. They had a great defense last year, and they return a lot from last year's team. The offense obviously loses those four big pieces, but had a lot of death last year. They had injuries last year where guys had to step up. The biggest question is who's going to play quarterback, I think, because Tyson has been such a huge part of this team over the last four years. But like they said last night, you know they'll be able to adapt to a new or, or a different offense, uh, which fits well with whatever quarterback ends up taking over. So, you know, Shepard football is still going to be, I think, toward the top, if not the top team in the PSAC and uh, Super Region 1 again. I wouldn't be surprised if yep. they come out of the region again, just because there's so much talent still there and uh, the coaching staff is tremendous. And like we saw last night, the support for the program is pretty high right now. So uh, hopefully that continues and hopefully we continue to see a good product out there on the field. But I really have no doubt that there will be. Yeah, and the talk of the – I think the talk that we heard from everybody last night uh, when it comes to, you know, whether it was A.D. Chauncey Wimbush or, um, you know, assistant new assistant coach Michael McCook, head coach Ernie McCook, uh, was that the defense is legit this year. And I think that – and Dwayne Grantham, who was really good last year, has come back with a vengeance and could be the top player. Could be the defensive player of the year in the PSAC, the way that he's played in the spring – um, and, you know, obviously the offense is going to be something that is, you know, you're going to have to learn through some things, whether, you know, you're going to have a new quarterback. Things are going to change. You got some good transfers in coming in receiver and, and uh, you know, running back. That's going to be the biggest question, I feel like. But the line, I think the line is in a good spot right now because they were there were some game time or games last year where James Bell, who's slated to take over as starter at center for Adam Stilley, uh, whether when Stilley was hurt or 
um, you know, those games where that were blowouts where, where he got some time in there. And I think the rotation that they did at uh, uh, tackle with Wyatt's injury last year. Guard. Or guard with Wyatt's injury last year, I think definitely helped with you know getting those guys in the games and, and seeing their you know, seeing action last season. Yeah, I mean they still return a, a lot of experience up front. I think the the new guys that will fill you know Joey and Adams' roles will be uh, good replacements. And then like we like you said, you know Ty Lucas returns. He might be the best, the next type of Joey Fisher. There's a very good chance that. In you know two years or so, we're going to be talking about Ty Lewis, Ty Lucas as an NFL type offensive lineman. You look at his size and his production. And a lot of people have compared him to Joey in the past. Uh, Riser and and Pelicano certainly have that experience at the left guard spot. Whether they continue the rotation or uh, move some guys around on the offensive line, whatever the case may be. And Chandler Brown was a very reliable starting left tackle for them last year. So. Shepherd's O-line is in a great place. Uh, They had some good recruits coming in as well to add depth to that offensive line. So, you know, I would be pretty excited if you're Shepherd when you look at those guys up front. We know wide receiver has a lot of depth. I mean, they lose some key pieces, but I'm still expecting this team to be really good. Uh, As long as, you know, the quarterback production is solid. I don't think anybody's expecting a Tyson Bajan-like season out of whoever ends up being the quarterback. But if they can just be productive and uh, you know make plays when called upon, I think they're in a good position to do good things uh, because there's so much talent around them. Yeah, We'll talk more about the draft later in the show with the four guys from Shepard. We'll step aside for a two-minute break. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one. First, when we come back, we'll talk EPAC baseball and softball. We'll have softball action tonight on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV10. And I feel With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Providing reliable protection since 1877, we are Farmers and Mechanic Insurance Companies. For over a century, we have been dedicated to provide dependable insurance protection and excellent customer service. We specialize in auto, home, farm, and business insurance. Our products are backed with personal, hands-on service. You can trust us to protect what matters most to you. For all of your insurance needs, there's Farmers and Mechanics Insurance Companies. The 
Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and out in margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talker to WRNR and TV 10 for your Thursday, April 27th, 2023. Wow, guys, April's coming to an end real fast. You know what that means? Baseball, softball, regular It's going to be May. Yes, Colin. No, just not, until, no? No. It's not what I was okay. going to say. I'll, I'll just I was, leave. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say baseball softball seasons heading into postseason here soon. I believe sectionals for girls or for softball begin on Tuesday, and for baseball they begin on what's the date there? The ninth of May. Um, but uh, we've got some action to talk about from last night. Unfortunately, we weren't there for baseball action last night uh, with uh, the game that we had originally scheduled uh, due to the t- uh, pulling for the Rams telethon, but. Uh, Martinsburg knocked off Berkeley Springs 10-4. Braden Oviedo homered Mike Lupus went six innings, giving up five hits, three runs, while striking out four in his senior night. Bulldogs are now 16-8 and eight on the season. And, uh, you know, looking – you talked about the other day uh, when they got that win over Hampshire, and it was just kind of three guys with hits. I believe almost the whole lineup had at least one hit last night. Yeah, um, good win for the Bulldogs. Obviously, it being senior day – you know, you want to find a way to get a win. Uh, still maybe not as dominant as you would think on paper they should be over Berkeley Springs, but, um, you know, winning by six, out hitting Berkeley Springs 12-6, to six, uh, getting everybody in the lineup a hit uh, that started, it looks like, except for Spar. And, but he got an RBI. Yeah, he did drive in a run, and then King had an RBI as well. Uh Michael Lupus gives you a solid performance out there on the mound. Um, and like we said, too, I mean, it's a big week for Martinsburg. They have Musselman later in the week. So uh, to get to keep your arms pretty fresh, because we said that you probably needed a really strong performance from Michael Lupus, um, and he gave you that. So I think overall, you know, Martinsburg's probably pretty satisfied with the win, but would like to maybe have still a little bit better performance here, but uh, six six run win, it's solid. You'll take it. And Musselman hasn't been playing good baseball, so you know that game uh, is really going to be interesting. I think because you know those two teams are kind of going in opposite directions when you look at the streaks, at least. Um, so how do these two teams perform? And it could decide who ends up being that two seed. Uh, between the Appleman and the Bulldogs based on the fact that uh, Martinsburg's played better baseball as of late. And like we said yesterday, they would have at least one win over 
all the top teams in the EPAC, so you certainly have a strong argument to put Martinsburg ahead of Musselman if they were to win this next game. Yeah, and even though maybe it wasn't a mercy rule game like you expected against yesterday, I still think you can be happy with how your team offensively has been performing because it's another game in which you scored 10-plus runs. I mean, the offense is clearly there for the Martinsburg Bulldogs at the exact time you want it to be. I know after the Hampshire game, we still talked with Coach Byler, and he said that the effort wasn't there in the hole that he wants it to be at or at the level he wants it to be at yet. But it's still definitely improved day by day throughout the season up to this point, I think, right now, even if that game against Musselman isn't played, you can still maybe, the way things are going right now, make the argument that Martinsburg should be number two in the section. I mean, obviously, if they win when that game gets played, it will definitely help. And if they lose, it hurts. But even if it's not played, the way things are going, I think, Martinsburg's trending up right now, even though maybe the strength of schedule's been different. What are you doing over there, Spencer? You want to speak no, up? No. You want to speak up? A gym. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> I don't think you should be doing that on air, but. All right. Whatever. Continue with your point. I forgot my point now. All right. You distracted me. Well, Jefferson. Has now won 10 straight. They knocked off Washington 9-1. to Caleb Fletcher, Riley Morgan combined for three for six in the play with four RBIs. And Daquan Shipe got the win on the mound going five and two-thirds innings, giving up four hits, one run while striking out six. Ten wins have now gone. The Cougars were sitting at 9-4 and four at one point. Now they're 19-4, and 6-3 and three in the EPAC. The Patriots, they fell to 10-14 and 2-7. And and As kind of the Patriots had a little hot streak in the season, and now they're kind of bottoming out as the season's ending it feels like yeah it kind of reminds you of last year for washington to an extent but they haven't been over 500 uh for a while so you know this washington team i still think has some talent but with uh you know some of these injuries they've had has has affected things and uh you know quite a bit so it looks like maybe our theory of Washington Jefferson being a little bit closer than it was in the past may not be accurate. Yeah, I mean you have to think about you know you know sadly Connor or excuse me Colin Reed missed a lot of time on the mound, right? And you think a few games may have gone a different way had he been on the mound. Yeah, and if Colin is a hundred percent heading into sectionals, then obviously you never know. that gives them a good chance because he could get you a win in a uh, sectional championship game. Uh, in a double elimination tournament against Jefferson, hypothetically. I mean, you still have to get through Hampshire first, but you should be able to do that if you're Washington. Um, So, you know, there is somewhat of a chance there, but it just seems like overall Jefferson's team, their depth, their pitching, their bats are starting to come on. They're just the better team, so you'd be pretty surprised if they didn't come out of the section again this year, especially based on how they've been playing in Washington has continued all year to play up and down baseball and uh, hasn't really shown much uh, against some of the top tier competition besides the win over Martinsburg. So, yeah. But, you know, talking about Jefferson here, what's been, I think, the most impressive thing this 10 game stretch is it even goes past that a little bit. 
Uh, you know, they've just won, they've lost one game. They lost that high point Christian game, one nothing on the Thursday at Mingo Bay at the Mingo Bay Classic. But they've been scoring in double digits every single game since then, except for last night. They only scored nine. They only scored seven against And Muslim. seven against Muslim in those two games. But I think they've outscored their opponents like something crazy, 129 to 11 or 20 or something. Something I'd have to do. I can't do quick math on here. Uh, but you know they've cre- like they've scored outscored their opponents by a lot, and you know Daquan Tripe was a guy that we had seen where he was only really you know opening games, pitching one maybe two innings. I think his high on the season was four, but he was goes five and two thirds innings last night and has a heck of a ball game for them. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to see at this point in the season is a starter that you can trust in very lengthy situations. Right, we know even from last year, even though we haven't really seen it much this year that Shipe can go out and go the distance when necessary. And I think maybe this year they were just trying to hold off on that for some reason. I don't know and haven't asked, so I don't want to speculate in that instance. But it's definitely a uh, quality start for him. And then on the offensive side, the things that really stuck out to me was something that we talked about yesterday is that Jefferson will capitalize on your every mistake, right, in Washington had two errors in the game yesterday. Jefferson didn't have any. And then for the pitching, when it came to the Patriots, only two strikeouts in the entire game, 12 walks. Plate discipline was the difference there for Jefferson to get that win. Nick? I already had kind of commented on the game. Yeah. So I don't really have much else. They'll take on – Jefferson will take on Moorfield tonight, 5 p.m. Do believe it is their – it could be their senior night. I'm not 100% certain. They only have two more home games left. They are conference games. That game's at 5 o'clock tonight, not the normal 6 o'clock that you see, according to Game Changer. Um, I believe Spring Mill's in action tonight. They're looking for win number five as they take on Grace Academy. And I think, you know, seeing what we saw from Grace Academy, I think they have a shot to get win number five on the season tonight. Yeah, definitely a good shot potentially. But you never knew. Grace had some solid uh, moments in the game. They got the bases loaded a few times. So they had opportunities to make it a closer game. But, uh, yeah, that should be a win. It should be, but you also got to remember for that Martinsburg game against Grace, uh, Grace had a few injuries, so not sure how healthy those certain players would be right now, but still expect to win for Spring Mills. Definitely there, and uh, Hedgesville takes on Clear Spring tonight. I believe they're honoring their 2013 state championship team, if I did see that on Facebook correctly. Let me double-check here. And that they will. They'll still they'll celebrate the 10 year anniversary of the 2013 state championship team. Head out there and uh, celebrate that with them. You can do that as uh, you know. I, I'm not too sure. I, I want to say they may have had that scheduled for tomorrow, but they may have moved it up because of the potential for the rain uh, that's slated to take on. That's slated to happen tomorrow night. Um, but that's going to wash a lot of games, and not a lot of teams are going to get to that 30 teams that were slated to get to that 30-32 mark uh, between Friday and Saturday. Not sure, you know, where things are going to be elsewhere. But, I mean, looking at the weekend schedule, we got, you know, we have two EPAC games uh, tomorrow night, I believe, as Musselman's supposed to take on uh, Martinsburg and Hedgesville supposed to take on Spring Mills. Um, and then Spring Mills Saturday, 
or excuse me, Saturday, Hedgesville will go to Petersburg. Um, you know, just could be a, a weekend of not too many games as, you know, Jefferson slated to play four games in two days over the next couple or five games in three days. But, you know, they may not get those games in and, you know, just haven't really had that a lot. I feel like that, uh, you know, rain hasn't affected too many games this year. No, not really. It hasn't been too bad. Um, we didn't really have any, like, extended winter yeah. in terms of anything with snow or anything too crazy. Um, so it's been a relatively calm year weather-wise, or at least for the most part. Yeah. So hopefully it stays that way. One game that I forgot is Musselman tonight takes on Briarwoods out of Virginia. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's move on to softball here as Nick will have softball tonight, not Colin. I looked yeah. over at Colin. Colin, yeah. Because I've Nick, been Nick gets the opportunity tonight, trying to Nick, mix things up. Yeah, mixing things up like we always do on here on mix. the sports mix. Mm-hmm. You mix up your sports coverage here with talk rated WRNR and TV ten. Nick, you got the call tonight as Hedgesville travels to take on Musselman, and uh, it's a Hedgesville team that uh, is looking to get back to the regionals this year. Yeah, and it was a little bit of a, a slow start compared to maybe what you would think for Hedgesville. At the beginning of the season, they got those first two wins over Hampshire and this Musselman team. They beat them 22-8 to last time. So, you know, on paper, this looks like a game that should definitely go in Hedgesville's favor. But then they had a tough 10-2 to loss to Jefferson. They beat Martinsburg. Uh, but then that loss to Spring Mills kind of surprised you a little bit. They had a loss to Kaiser in there, a loss to Washington. So they, they got off to kind of an up-and-down start, but then started playing some more consistent softball. They played pretty good uh, recently, and they've been able to beat you know teams that they are expected to beat. Uh, it's a talented team led by Dollar at the plate. You know, you got Cooper returns from last year. Uh, so they have a lot coming back. Van Dyne, of course, you know, the team hits the ball pretty well. 334 batting average for a team. For the team, uh, Van Dyne on the mound has thrown 74 and a third innings this year. Uh, she's been very good. So, you know, this is a very solid Hedgesville team. They're probably going to win the section again. Uh, Musselman has had, you know, an up and down year. They're 10 and 14, uh, but they haven't shown the ability to be competitive against some of the top teams in the area. But they're actually coming off of a really good performance when you look at it you know, comparatively to most teams in the EPAC and a 10 to two loss to Jefferson is kind of a good performance. As weird as that sounds, because Jefferson still an eight run loss. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson has, you know, run ruled everybody, but pretty much besides uh, Washington. Uh, So to only lose by eight to them really isn't too bad. So, you know, Musselman maybe feeling some confidence could, could potentially play spoiler tonight, but, uh, you know, rivalry matchup as usual between Musselman and Hedgesville. So, should be fun. Looking forward to it. And, and anytime we get to see different teams, we haven't seen either of these teams this year uh, on TV 10. So, yeah, I'm excited about that and the opportunity to showcase those athletes is always a great opportunity. All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you by Orsini's, not just an appliance store anymore. You can get your Traegers. At Orsini's, go to Orsini's.com or stop by 360 Hackwilson Way right here in Martinsburg. 
We'll be back after this two-minute break. And uh, today is the day, the big day, the NFL draft coming up. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. You can play, work, and explore without joint pain. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WV Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine can help you live without joint pain. Our expert team of surgeons offer the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. Specializing in joint replacement, sports and traumatic injuries, hip and knee disorders, foot and ankle surgery, hand and wrist surgery, and shoulder reconstruction. Call 304-725-BONE today to learn how you can live without joint pain. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti. When you need justice. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here as we'll talk the NFL Draft. That begins tonight, 8 p.m. ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network. And then we'll continue. That's round one. Round two and three will be tomorrow night. I don't know if it starts at 7 or 8. I'll have to double-check on that. And then uh, the rest of the draft, day three, uh, is set for Saturday afternoon. But... Uh, you know, not a lot of movement this week where it comes to like people really moving around on draft boards. I don't think in the top, at least top five guys. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely a, uh, you know, intriguing draft, I think, because. What's that noise? Lawnmower? Lawnmower. Yeah, I think the guy's doing the lawn outside. Gotta get the lawn mode before the rain tomorrow. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But, uh,. I forget where I was going with my point. Uh, for the draft, you know, this year, there's not necessarily a – some people are high on the skill position, guys. Some guys aren't. Uh, when you look at the wide receiver position in particular, you know, a lot of people are saying it's a really good tight end draft, which is kind of a weird 
position to have uh, a lot of talent in, but that seems to be the case. Uh, you know, offensive line is, is definitely a strength in this draft. Um, you know, there, there's some good pass rushers, it looks like, some good corners, uh, but not necessarily a great wide receiver quarterback class. Uh, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken early, but um, nobody's really sold on any of them. They're just going to get taken because you need a quarterback. So I think that's very interesting. You know, when we look at all these quarterbacks, the the argument can be made that none of them really deserve to be the number one pick in the draft, but Bryce Young's probably the safe to, safest op- option, and you have concerns about him even, uh, you know, how long will he be productive in the league because of his size? So, um, you know, a lot definitely, a, a lot of intrigue, but I think the NFL draft is always intriguing, and um, I'm interested to see what, you know, the Ravens do tonight and, and what all the teams do, and if we eventually hear uh, some Shepard guys being drafted on days two and three. Yeah, I think day two uh... – you know, it's your legit chance. I think Joey Fisher has got a high, you know, you know, it's really hard to tell where to project him in the draft just because we've been seeing so much stuff. But I think the third third round could be kind of the ceiling for him in the, you know, at the Division Two level, just being being a realist. I mean, the, you know, I think the third round to the, you know, sadly could fall to the seventh round just depends on what team's grades are. Because, I mean, all these draft analysts have grades, but then all these teams have their own grades. Right, I think talking to Joey and uh, just like you know what he seems to think, it, it sounded like last night that he was thinking he's going to potentially be a day two guy, but uh, also have a good chance at day three. But the thing is, is he's going to get picked. So whether you're day two or three, or even if you somehow end up being day one, uh, while you obviously you know want to be picked as high as possible, I think just the excitement of getting an opportunity to play in the NFL, especially for a guy like Joey Fisher who's had you know a very interesting story. Yeah. Um, the fact that he, you know, at the beginning of the season, like we said last night, was like a maybe. Maybe he'll go in the seventh round. Maybe he'll uh, get a chance to sign as a priority free agent. And now it's like. Yeah, he's going to be in the NFL, and, and teams are going to somebody's going to take him in the draft, and it's almost a sure thing. It's, it's pretty crazy, and uh, when you've had that kind of journey and you've seen him get so much better over this past year and rise so quickly, wherever Joey Fisher ends up, I think they're going to get a really good player, and not only that, but a guy that's going to work extremely hard. And uh, you know he's he's a good guy to talk to, and when you talk to him, he seems to all, uh, have the right mindset. So, yeah, I'm excited for Joey. I'm excited for Tyson, Ronnie, and Brian, and hope that those guys all do find a home in some sort of way and make an impact in the NFL. Um, but it's kind of you know, I mean, I can remember when we had draft guy Jimmy on the show. He said oh, maybe for Joey, but probably only Tyson. And now that's kind of flipped. Uh, yeah, on, and you know a lot of that has to do with position too. I mean, Tyson plays quarterback, so quarterback's so hard to predict. You know how they're going to develop, and of course, how this draft's going to play out with the the quarterbacks. Yeah, I was looking last night. I came out and told you last night that D two was a D two football dot com posted their top ten players to be draft players in this year's draft from the whole D two level. Number Joey's number one. Joey's number one, I believe nine or eight, 
was Ronnie Brown, but Tyson wasn't even ranked. Yeah, which is crazy. But to stick on Joey, it might sound crazy, but in my mind, it might actually be true. I think it's safe to say that out of all the draft prospects, I think the guy that sold himself the best this year to increase that draft stock is Joey Fisher. I mean, he's proved himself on the field. He proved himself during the PA Bowl. His pro day was terrific. And as you guys have mentioned, at the start of this year, we were saying, yeah, he could get drafted. It's maybe going to be a seventh rounder. We see him find his way on an NFL team. And we're sitting here today thinking that he'd probably be a day two guy, maybe early day three, and teams would be foolish if he and probably surprise us all if he slips to the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. It, it's insane how it has changed, and and it's an incredible story to, I guess, end and write a new chapter for him because he's going to be in the NFL. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the other thing that's interesting is, of course, if Tyson gets picked, and then when will he get picked? And talking to him, he said the biggest thing he'd be surprised about is if he doesn't get drafted. Uh, but also, you know, he's ready to accept that if that is his fate. But, yeah. um, you know, I think Tyson has been overlooked quite a bit by the media recently. But, I mean, a lot of things make some sense if you were a media person analyzing the draft on why you wouldn't project Tyson Bajan to be picked because when's the last time we saw a Division two quarterback drafted? I mean, it, it's a tough argument to be made you know we see offensive linemen every once in a while maybe a running back um you know defensive linemen positions where you can stand out more on film at the d2 level because if you see a guy like joey fisher it's like that guy doesn't belong tyson stands out because obviously he broke the record but the immediate thing that goes against tyson is well the guys he's going up against isn't very good but you can literally see Joey's dominance, like physical dominance over people in D2, and it's like, that guy doesn't belong. Tyson, it's it's different for some reason, and uh, you know I don't think anybody really believes that Tyson belonged in Division Two. but then there's so many quarterbacks in FBS and, and FCS, so, yeah. you know, One thing it's that- tough. I mean, but I, I think, ultimately, I'm kind of, 50 50 on if he gets picked i don't know but I yeah, it's a really a weird draft this year for quarterbacks because there's 15 guys about 10 a year get picked about 10 a year average. get picked however half of that number of 10 we're all thinking is just going to be in the first round right four or five guys in the first round and after that i don't know if maybe it's just me but from round two on team that picks a quarterback in everybody's mind is oh they're just going to take a chance on this guy yeah which isn't a bad thing but there's no i guess guys that's like yeah this is a for sure second round for sure third round fourth so on so on after round one with the top five guys the other 10 guys sitting there in that quarterback spot in my mind is all oh this team's gonna take a chance on him which isn't bad i mean I would take a chance on Tyson. We know so much upside and so much of his story. He's a proven winner. We know he works hard. And even if he's not drafted, 
it will just add another chip on his shoulder for a priority free agent, I feel like, that's going to make him work even harder, which in some people's minds probably unimaginable knowing how hard he already works. And I think, too, when you look at rounds two through four and you're talking about what quarterbacks fall in there besides Hooker, the other guys are are not the guys that really excelled at a big level either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're smaller Division One school guys uh, that aren't really Power Five. And then you look at like guys that played in the big games. Well, they have a lot of negatives about their game. They are probably like six or seven round picks. And we're talking about like Max Duggan and Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett's only five eleven, so everybody's saying, well, he can't play at the next level and. And Duggan's been criticized for all sorts of, you know, different things with his mechanics, and, and he's not your typical quarterback type. But you know, in a usual year, the second, third, fourth round quarterbacks are still guys that you probably have a pretty good idea of them, and you just look at their game, and maybe there's something missing, or maybe they they're not looked at as guys that will transition well to the NFL, you know. Like Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, Russell Wilson, so uh, went in the third round, I believe. So I mean, like those were still the big-name college quarterbacks, and I don't know if there's really those kind of guys like Jake Henner from Fresno State. Like I hadn't heard. It's about just him. weird to me that it Tanner McKee in from my Stanford. Mind, yeah. Like who, it who would not surprise me if we see five guys in round one, and then we don't see another quarterback until round five. We saw that no. last year, kind of. I think w- three, would that surprise think, you? No, but I think like third round. I think late third I think we'll round. See I third, think, yeah. Probably. All right, let's but go four. That's how last year went, though. I, I, mean, I we know. saw Kenny Pickett in the first round, and then we didn't see Willis until the third round, and nobody was picked in the second, which could happen again this year. I wouldn't be yeah. too surprised, but it is a very heavy first round quarterback draft. But also, a lot of teams seem to be, and maybe it's just people saying, you know, the rumors. That these quarterbacks that we thought uh, these guys won't be gone past top 10 because these teams are desperate for quarterback. Well, then teams are looking at it and being like, well, why should we reach on a quarterback when we know next year's class has Caleb Williams and there's more excitement toward next year? Maybe yeah. we just draft a defensive guy. We're going to suck anyway with whatever quarterback we take. So, you know, we might as well suck and, and suck enough to get Caleb Williams. Tank right. for Williams. I mean, yeah, no, and, and get a really wrong. good defensive player or an offensive lineman that's going to be there uh, and be more worth that pick. Yeah, I, that's that a could great, be a strategy. So we'll see. That is a great point, Nick. Nick, you've had two great points on this show. I, that, I always have great that points. that end the segment. Mike, pay the man. <laughs> show me the money. <laughs> That will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Head to HagerstownFord.com for more. Head up there to Hagerstown Ford right off I-81 in Hagerstown. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Wrap things up. The Nationals are in position to sweep the Mets tonight. We'll talk about that and much more on the other side of of this two-minute break. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are. 
and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Catch the excitement of the West Virginia High School baseball and softball seasons on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hit it into left field and that'll drop. Coming around is Sifford and the ball is going to slow up and he's going to score and Martinsburg's going to walk it off and get the win. We have over 25 games scheduled featuring the schools in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Every game will be live right here on Talk Radio WRNR, TV 10, and our WRNR TV YouTube page. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Mayor's Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg or call 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Wrapping things up here in the next seven minutes on the program today and the Nationals. Uh, not going to say this too many times this year, so we got to celebrate it while we can. Uh they're now four and one on the road trip, and they're looking for a sweep tonight against the Mets, the Scherzerless Mets, albeit. But the Nats won four to one last night, and it's two great starts by two of their young pitchers in back to back days that I think gives you some some promise for the future. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was on the mound last night for the Nats, and. Uh, let me pull over up the stats again here. He went six innings, allowed four hits, one run, two walks while striking out 10. And that's a day after Josiah Gray uh, struck out double digits on the mound as well. And the Nationals bullpen performed well last night once again. And uh, they're looking for the sweep tonight as they take on the Mets. 7-10-640 will be pregame coverage from the Nats radio network. Uh, but, you know, you have to take these little bunches of wins while you can for a team that you know won't win more than 65 games. Why are you giving season? up on the season? Yeah, maybe it's they, only April. You know, turned a new leaf, and the 4-1 and one is going to start a fantastic start to the rest of the year. I mean, what was it? Nats were 19-31? and 31 When they won the World when Series. When they won the World but They were supposed, were supposed to be good to suck then. this year, and they're good. Yeah. So. Mets are now on a four-game losing streak for the first time ever under Buck Showalter. Fire them. Fire Buck. Can't Show win the Walter. big one anyway. Yeah. It's true. But the Nats, 
The Nats have given up one run to the Mets so far tonight. I think there might be a, a bad night on the mound. It's Trevor Williams, I mean, he's 1-1, one 3.38 one, ERA, but he doesn't strike out, guys. And, uh, you know, I you know I think this would be the... the Scared of Joey LaChesse? I don't know. He's got a 0.0 ERA, and he's 1-0 on the it's season. It's only April. He's got yeah. nine strikeouts in a game. Let's say this is going to be a sweep, and it's the only sweep the Nats have this year. Then the Nats come home and take on the Red Hot... Pittsburgh Pirates, which right. I'm kind of sad that I'm going to be in Pittsburgh this weekend. I wanted to go to PNC Park, and I look on the schedule. You can still go and like look at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be you right can down look there. Look at it from the bridge. I'll be right down there. It's great stadium. Yes, yeah. But uh, you know, Nats get the win last it's night. They're looking for the sweep shit. tonight, and uh, it just seems like everything's going right now the way they want it to go. Heard uh, yesterday in GM Mike Rizzo. Uh, no update on Steven Strasburg. But I think, you know, if they're able to get him back, you, you put him as a back end of the rotation guy. Or not ba- either back end of the rotation guy or back end of the bullpen guy. I forgot Steven Strasburg even existed. <laughs> Yikes. He hasn't yeah, played since, like, the World Series. He's making like, bank. I mean, he yeah. Is, yeah. They, he's got, like, 40 million reasons to not come back. I don't know. He's there working. He's at Nats Park working with physical therapists, and he's in the – He's in the – I don't know if he's in the dugout, but he's at the stadium when the team's there. So hopefully he's able to make a comeback this year. But the Nats obviously not looking for a season where they're expected to make the playoffs. But if they make a run, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You know, the Orioles weren't expected to be very good last year, and they won 83 games, which wasn't uh, expected at all. And they were at one point in the wild card race. So, I mean, you never know. The Nationals – do have two really good young pitchers in Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore that I think they can rely on moving forward. Uh, the offense probably isn't enough uh, to yeah. sustain anything, but if you have those guys, you have uh, Cavalli coming through. Obviously, he's injured right now, but uh, that's starting to build back toward how the Nationals were winning for you know a good portion of the last decade was their pitching was really good and young and talented and uh they added some veteran pieces around those guys and were able to of course have you know some great players come through like Bryce Harper, Trey Turner and Juan Soto. Uh if they can get, you know, some of those guys at the bats, they'll they'll have success again. I don't think the Nationals are going to be terrible for the next, you know, 20 years, but maybe for 3 or 4 seasons they'll have to go through a rebuild and then eventually get back to relevance uh the o's got another win yesterday over the red sox and they're in detroit so they should be able to get at least three hopefully against the tigers yeah i think it's a four game series right it is yeah so i'd I'd settle for another series win that's what you ultimately want if you want your team to have a winning record and that's what they got against boston who for the next week week and a half was really the only series that as a fan i was worried about because it's now Detroit then Kansas City and then it gets a little tough I believe they have Tampa and Pittsburgh somewhere within that range so Mm -hmm. but they're playing well yeah yeah Orioles playing well could be a team that you see in the World Series this year but that will do it for this edition of the sports mix uh, tonight on TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube EPAC softball action returns as Musselman host Hedgesville it's a 640 pregame 7 p.m. first pitch on the radio, the Nationals go for the sweep against the Mets, 640 pregame, 7 p- 710 first pitch. 
Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you again on another edition of the Sports Mix tomorrow at 12.08. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll be right back.